All right, so in this episode, we're going to be talking about biohybrid robots. Now, there's a lot more speculation than actual fact on this topic, and the reason I say that is because there seems to be something that's going to be coming in the near or distant future pertaining to the sort of biohybrid kind of advancement. Now, we all know that when you put humans and technology together, as of lately, it hasn't really worked out so well. However, with things like Neuralink from Elon Musk and, and many other things that other companies and private institutions and public institutions as well, by the way, have been researching and working on, it seems to be sort of the way of the future. Now, that's not to say that it's going to come quickly, but as we already start to see technologies becoming more and more wearable, things like uh, Google Glasses or the Apple Watch or things like that. But I'm not going to be talking about just that. What I'm going to be talking about is something that I think is sort of a kind of filtered down effect from what the top secret class classified projects and military operations have been working on. And that has to do with the fact that there's something I always speak about, especially in many past episodes where I talk about how there's this sort of metaphorical pyramid. And at the very top of this pyramid, you have the absolute top secret, need-to-know classified sort of experiments and projects and operations going on, right? And then from the top of that pyramid, a very small percentage, a, a, a fractile of a percentage is taken from that technology and filtered and, and sort of brought down, slowly brought down to the government level to sort of lower levels of the military or lower levels of the CIA and the Pentagon, then brought down to lower levels of the federal government, then brought down into private companies, which then is brought down to the end user, right? And so what I mean by that is that things like, for example, let me bring one up. If I pull up a, an article here, talks about how Biohybrid robots are using animal tissues to create living machines. This is something that I think had to have has to do with the mutilated cows and the the mutilated animals that have been found all over the country, particularly in the sixties and the seventies, right? When these animals were being experimented on, and police and they've been reported to the police, and in some instances the police found them on their own, and it seemed as though, <clears throat> excuse me these animals had organs in them that seemed to be biological, but also kind of mechanical, as if it was sort of created through something. And I think that 3D printers, 3D printers are the sort of very first step and the lowest form of things that these extraterrestrials and these government military projects have been working on. And so I think in the last five to ten years, we've sort of seen a bit of a jump when it comes to 3D printers. And it's certainly very, I, I'm not going to say plausible, I'm going to say, po uh, sorry, I'm not going to say possible, I'm going to say plausible. Because, listen folks, when you take a step back, and I'm not trying to connect things for the sake of connecting things, but when you take a step back and you look, okay, and you look at all of the technological advancements that have been released or discovered in, and I say that with air quotes for those listening on Spotify and Apple 
uh, podcast. When you look at all the technology that's come out in the last 5, 10, 12 years, give or take, you'll notice it's all sort of coming together to be either wearable, created artificially, seeming to look biologically natural, but really not, right? Done by, in a lot of cases, advanced 3D printers. But these advanced 3D printers, I'm certain, are probably nothing compared to what the military and other top classified need to know Institute uh, factions or institutions of the of the government and private corporations are really working on, right? And so, the reason why I wanted to do this episode was not to. I, I have no intention of fear mongering, but I just want people to be a little bit more alert of the wearable technology, right? And the reason I say that is because I, I myself personally, I know a lot of people that wear Apple watches and things like that, and and Fitbits. And I think it's fantastic, but ultimately, I think it's also a little bit scary. You don't realize that not only is your phone monitoring you, or everywhere where there's a screen and a microphone, pretty much your smart TV, your laptop, your tablet, your phone, the thing about those things is even though it's very difficult to live in this world, in in this society today without even one of them, you can put those things down. When you have a wearable, for example, yes, you could argue I could take my Apple Watch off or things like that, but the whole point, and this is where it's sort of a a psychological warfare between those that are this metaphorical pyramid I spoke of and those bringing things down into the the consumer level, is because not only is is the military and certain factions of the government creating advanced technologies, they're taking a small percentage of it and releasing it into society, essentially, And they're doing it very effectively, by the way. They're releasing it into society and they're implementing it in the form of wearables. And yes, like I said, you can argue that, yes, I could take my Apple Watch off. But ultimately, the whole point of it is that you're wearing it all the time. I mean, look at Fitbit. I don't know about Apple Watches. For sure, I haven't looked into it. But Fitbit wants you to sleep with your watch on you so it can monitor your sleeping patterns. On a personal level, that's great. I'm not against the advancement of technology, but there needs to be a cutoff time because if not, I mean, look, folks, we're already in the last 10 years alone, we've already advanced so substantially that we can be monitored, not just by the government, but by hackers and anyone to the point where we can hardly escape it. I mean, aside, like, even then, I I was just going to say you can run into the forest and, and, and fuck off pretty much, but even then... There's still satellites that can track you, but my my point is this: I'm not like assuming you're not someone that's on the run from the law. You you can technically go off the grid, still to this day. I uh, think it's a lot harder, but I think you could still do it. Now, when it comes to you, might question: What does this have to do with bio hybrid robots and technology? So, the watch is the next step. Right? The wearable is the next step. The next thing will be something sort of like how you kind of put your contacts in. If you, if you need glasses and you don't want to wear them, you put your contacts in. Things like that. Technology that if you watch in the movies and according to Hollywood, the CIA already has, which wouldn't surprise me. It's only a matter of time, like I said, again, to reference this metaphorical pyramid. It's only a matter of time before it gets filtered down into mainstream society. Right? 
And then it works well because then the private companies make their money and then taxes paid on those products go to the federal government. The government keeps making money and it's kind of a win-win while they keep the real technology classified, right? And so the point of these so-called hybrid or biohybrid robots is not only to create living machines, but also devices that can potentially survive environments that humans and even regular ro robots as we know them to be today cannot. So, for example, this month researchers at Case Western Reserve University shared their latest unique robot, a small device that can hop very slowly, sort of like a sea turtle. It uses the entire muscle from a California sea slug's mouth, called the, the bucko muscle, placed over a 3D printed body. And so together, this fusion of legitimate biological life and artificial machinery moves via an electric current sent through the water, which causes the muscles to contract. It's sort of like after you die, and if someone put an electrical current through your, and sort of someone, this might be a little bit vulgar, but someone cuts your head off, and then someone puts a, an electrical pulse through the nerve center of your brain, you're, you don't actually wake up, because of course you're dead, but your, your, your corpse, your head, your body responds. And it's because electrical currents and signals are being sent, what's, what ends up through your, your nerve system, what ends up happening is your eyes will open and your, your face will kind of, you know, move around and wiggle depending on what nerves it's activating. And so that's, I mean, th th that's the whole purpose of it. And I, I'm not saying people should be scared, but I'm not saying they should welcome it entirely either, right? And so the question then becomes, what is the ultimate answer? It's hard to say right now. It really is. So, look... It's gone to the point where researchers have developed soft robotic devices driven by neuromuscular tissue that triggers when stimulated by light, bringing mechanical engineering one step closer to developing autonomous biobots, right? And look, there's so many different directions I can go in in this episode with, with, with these biohybrid robots, right? And I, I'll make a few other episodes on it just because there's so many roads we can go down. But ultimately, it, it comes down to, will AI be a part of it? Could you incorporate AI into it to sort of make the best decisions? What happens if the AI malfunctions in it? What happens when you fuse natural things with artificial things? It's, some people say it's to go against God. But it, if you put the religious aspect of it aside, I say this very carefully. It might be purposeful, but there needs to be so many goddamn, not just rules and regulations that are made by the government, but so many checks and balances in a digital sense, in an artificial sense, to make sure these things don't go flying off the handle, right? Nothing is 100%, it works 100% beautifully. Nothing in this world does. Imperfection is sort of the perfection of it, if that makes sense, but... That's the, that poses a big problem when it comes to technological advancements, right? And the question then becomes, and I know I might be jumping out on a limb here, but the question then becomes, do these biohybrid, or are these biohybrid inventions stemming from that of things like crashed UFOs, from these gray aliens? Because I've spoken about this before, but these uh, gray aliens are supposedly according to many whistleblowers, legitimate like robots, sort of how we send our Mars rover or our rover to Mars or a, a rover to the moon or any other planet and what have you. These advanced beings from other galaxies are sending these, these probes, they call them, these, these gray aliens, to 
explore galaxies because why do it yourself when you can focus on things on your home planet and send others other biological slash artificial beings out there right and so it's been said again and again that the greys these little gray beings are actual robots in a certain sense not in the traditional word robot but in the way of that they think for themselves but ultimately they're they're machines that could sort of be shut down if that makes sense now that's a very advanced way of looking at it but it's sort of in, in connection with these biohybrid advancements. And this is what I'm saying. It's a little bit of a, a complicated proposal, but the idea is that when you filter down from the top of this pyramid, the top classified projects then get brought down through that, you would think that it's very plausible that this sort of reverse engineering of technology, maybe the even cooperation with extraterrestrial beings, has caused and allowed for such biohybrid inventions to be created at such innovating levels that has then come down to the, in, in small forms, in small examples, come down to the consumer level, right? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the last five, ten years, we start seeing 3D printers suddenly making a big wave. And then we start seeing universities and, and other institutions suddenly discovering things. And I'm not trying to discredit actual scientists doing legitimate work. I'm really not. But there seems to be some type of gap in all of this sort of communication within the STEM, the, the, the science, technology, engineering, and mathematical community that has allowed for certain inventions to sort of drip and sort of, how, how will I explain this? I guess drip's a good word, sort of drip through the very top of the classified projects and make its way into universities and institutions and then into corporations which could then be sold to consumers. So ultimately, it really depends on how you view the whole biohybrid evolution, if you want to call it. I don't think it's gone mainstream yet, but I think in 10 to 20 years, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, it's certainly something that will be coming to the the forefront of our focus. And yes, there's going to be a lot of people that will rip on it. There's going to be a lot of people that are for it, just like with everything else in life. But at the end of the day, technology is transporting us to a world that only used to exist in the human imagination, where organi organisms are no longer just biological. So nevertheless, in today's day and age, we still think of robots as machines made from hard parts, you know, kind of when you joint, uh, you know, metal and stuff together, but with intelligent, flexible, and adaptable materials becoming more like organic creatures, this is when the biohybrid robot sort of phenomenon comes into play. And ultimately, I know I keep saying this, but I really do believe that at the most classified levels, the government, the military, they all have this. I mean, when you look at the technology just from whistleblowers and rare pictures of UFOs, just in that particular craft alone, forget the things they might have on their home planet, but just from that particular craft alone, who knows what type of things have been able to be reverse engineered, ultimately. It, it's literally a, a fusion between living organisms and artificial devices, right? And this approach consists of restoring or improving the capacities of the organic being, by means of techno technological devices. I mean, if you watch something, for example, like RoboCop, that would be a very 
humanized example, right? So, look, at the end of the day, it seems as though legitimate, real, materialistic machinery is slowly being taken over by or organisms and sort of organic material, if you want to call it. And, again, it's up to you guys to decide whether or not this is a good thing or it's a bad thing. And where this technology has come from, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to discredit the many, many scientists and engineers and technologists and people that have put their life towards this. But I think there are some parts of certain technologies that have an unknowingly filtered through the, the sort of food chain of government, if you want to call it, that has allowed for certain things to become, to, to advance more quicker, if that makes sense. So let me know what you guys think. Let me know if you think this is something that should be addressed more openly in a more public forum or if biohybrids are even something we should entertain as a species. Because at the end of the day, if we're not moving forward with every aspect of life, then what are we living for in a lot of cases, right? So let me know what you guys think and we'll catch you next time. Peace.